Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. to the show and today my guest is Sara Al-Madani. Sara is an Emirati multi-award winning serial entrepreneur and she started her first business at the age of 15. She has also been through two divorces from toxic ex-partners and she's a single mum of a gorgeous little boy and she's been taking him into the boardroom with her since he was born. Sara is also very well known for being a star in The Real Housewives of Dubai. So I am super excited to welcome Sara Almadani to the show. Welcome, Sara. Thank you for having me. It's a complete honor. Thank you so much. Oh, no, the honor is all mine. And I'm super excited because I know that your story is going to really resonate and help so many of my listeners. So thank you so much for being with us today. Happy to add any positive value, seriously. No, oh, I know. Thank you. So let's let's maybe start from the beginning because you've had such an incredible journey. And at 15, you started your own business. So tell me, did you always know that you wanted to go into business? Honestly, um, I, I don't know why I started my business at 15, but when I recall speaking to my parents about it, because my parents also didn't get it. They're like 15-year-old girls are playing with their dolls or outside building sand castles. They're like, you're 15, what are you doing? So it was kind of a scary experience for my parents, especially uh, to my dad, because my dad loved being the provider for the family. And when he felt like I was uh, drifting away from that, it kind of like hurt him because he wanted to take care yeah. of his little girl, you know. But they told me when I was uh, the age of three, I used to massage family members for money. And then by the age of five, I would buy candy and resell it to my cousins. I couldn't go out to buy candy. So he said, you always had it in you. And when you ask me now that I go back to like when I was 15, I don't know why I did it. I just had a strong drive inside of me that just wanted to do it. But now um, at the age of 37, when I recollect my memory and I've done hypnotherapy, my aunt uh, got divorced when I was 13 and I witnessed that. And back then it was a taboo to get divorced. But then I witnessed my aunt, single mom, divorced, no income. She was suffering, trying to get people to help her. The community and uh, like around the family was shaming her for the divorce. So I think what I recollect is that me seeing my aunt go through that, I I I told myself I don't ever want to go through that one day. So that's why I think the the base of the idea of being financially independent independent started. That's that's what I'm connecting when I'm when I have done hypnotherapy and all that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Do, do you think that things have changed over there now? Because I do think that, you know, we have an image of our women being quite suppressed and maybe controlled still. Do, do you think things have changed over there? 
Uh, one million percent. It's not the same anymore. Actually, women were never suppressed in the UAE, but I think the culture did not accept uh, some things like divorce was like something uh, frowned upon or like it was like a taboo. So when a woman gets divorced, she feels like she's literally uh, broke, uh, uh, like, what do you say, a branch that's broken from a tree. So she's useless. But yeah. um, now um, there's a lot of support uh, system for the for women, not only in the private life, but even in the in the business life, even in the private sector, the government sector, women are continuously being supported and divorce is not something that is um, looked down upon. And I've been divorced twice and I speak about it very openly. And I feel like if more women talk about these things more openly, women who think it's not normal will start to feel like it's normal. You tried the pants, they didn't fit. You took them back to Zara. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. And, and you just mentioned that you've obviously been divorced twice. Can you tell us a little bit about those relationships? Because they, like my experience was divorcing someone who was very abusive and toxic. And I think we have some yeah. similarities in that, don't we? Well, my experiences were both abusive, toxic, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse. I was the financial provider. So I was forced out of my feminine and forced into my masculine while I was married because there was no one providing and the men were just waiting for me to do everything. So I feel like if I was to look back on my experiences, um, maybe at the beginning I was a victim because they pretended to be something they're not. But when they showed me who they are, I chose to stay. So I'm no longer a victim. I'm a victim of myself. And then, you know, you, if you want to grow and learn, you got to stop pointing fingers at others and saying, oh, they did this or they did that. And you got to look at yourself and you ask yourself, OK, it takes two to tango. Where did I go wrong? And when I self-reflected and through healing and a long journey of self-discovery, I realized that I had a pattern. Not only the men I was with have had a pattern. But I had a pattern of selecting men that are like that. And then, thank God, like healing helps a lot. Hypnotherapy helps a lot. I went back and I realized that it was a trauma from childhood that I was trying to manifest as an adult. And I always believed that love was something hard and you had to do a lot to be accepted and loved. And, and whenever I was around men with that energy, toxic, and you know, men who are takers and they suck you dry, it made me feel safe because it reminded me of an energy I had when I was a child. So, and that's, that's where my, my flaw is, my mistake is. So instead of just like dwelling in my sorrow and sadness, I decided to um, look at my patterns, break my patterns, learn and grow as a person. Because I realized a lot of women, what they do is they blame the man and then they dwell on their sadness yeah. and they feel like they're victims, but being a victim gets you nowhere. You gotta be your superhero. Yeah, and, and a lot of people listening to this are, will be in toxic relationships right now. That's something that a lot of my followers experience. And and I'm hearing your strength is amazing. Have, have you got any tips for how they can get to that? Because when you're in those relationships, your confidence is low because maybe you've been told you're worthless or you can't do something or you can't survive or maybe you don't have any money to to get out. Have you got any advice yeah. on how people listening right now can can get their power back? So it's very normal to be manipulated, to feel like you're worthless, 
I was there. That's why I stayed in one of the marriages. My relationship was 13 years because I completely believed the narcissistic husband. And he made me believe that I was not worth it. No one would want me but him. And I should be thankful to have him in my life. And I deserve everything bad that happens to me. And I was, I fell for it. So I don't, I don't want any women out there to feel like they're stupid for falling for it. No, the, the, your other half, your partner is very manipulative and you have a good heart and a good mind. And when you have a good mind, you cannot uh, be cautious because you cannot think like the other person. You know, and I, you cannot prepare yourself for evil because you're not evil. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like when you're good, when you're good, you think everyone's good. When you're bad, you think everyone's bad. So when you're good, you just keep on making excuses for people. You have wishful thinking that people will change. You put on your Bob the Builder hat and you want to just fix the person. But it's not a bad thing to be a person who wants to fix it as long as you're not fixing the man you're with. The man has to be a man that has done the work and ready for you. You can go around fixing anyone in the world. And once you feel like it's not working, you can walk away. But when it's a husband, you cannot walk away. Know your value. And I, I learned this. Not, I didn't know this while I was in a relationship. I learned that later. It's never too late to learn. But part of learning is healing and forgiving yourself because you chose to be in those situations. Um, I think the moment I gained my strength was when I unlearned everything I was told by society, which is if you have a child, you got to stay in a marriage. If uh, yeah. you have a child, don't break the marriage, pretend. Um, don't get divorced, it's bad. Um, you need a man. You can't go on financially without a man. I think the moment I unlearned and I broke that matrix that they built around me, and I was like, okay, I have a kid. I cannot do this anymore. I'd rather have no money. I'd rather be at my parents' house living with my friends until I figure things out. Um, better than to be in a situation where I'm losing my mind and mentally I'm not in a good place. And we all know that mental problems uh, manifest into physical diseases. So I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. You know, my mom's friend um, was in a toxic marriage, stayed in a toxic marriage. She developed cancer. When she developed cancer, he was not there for her. She's very healthy. He was not there for her. She got cured and she developed cancer again. And if wow. science hasn't proven to us already that cancer comes from nowhere and stress is a big factor. So I was like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna live one life living it like this. I'd rather be my hero than be a victim. And I would take my kid and I'll find a way. And there's always a way. So it's just a moment of gathering all your strength and saying, Whatever I was told does not exist. I want to figure out what really is out there. And it, yeah. yeah, it was just a moment of like unlearning, unlearning everything I was told and then just figuring out who I really am and forgetting yeah. who I was told to be. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's incredible. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel like you've been manipulated. It's okay to feel like you've been taken for granted. This is all normal. Okay. But the only thing you can do is believe in yourself, gather your strength and go for it. Because anything, any situation is better than the situation you're in. Yeah. And, and I love what you're saying. Such wise words. I hear a lot from clients and people that message me that they stay because of the kids. They seem to think that staying in those relationships is better for the kids to grow up with mom and dad. What are your thoughts on that, Sarah? How do you think 
uh, your narcissistic husband became narcissistic because his parents decided to stay, although it wasn't working, it was a toxic environment that flipped the switch to creating a monster as a child. Unless you are open to repeating the cycle and creating another version of your husband, stay for the kids. But the kids need a happy home. They need a healthy home. They're better off living with divorced parents than parents that are not getting together and pretending to be happy. A child needs a happy mom. He doesn't just need a mom. No matter how much you try to mask it or cover it, children don't learn by what you say. They learn by what they see. So if that idea of let's stay for the kids is still in your head lingering and you're feeling it's the right decision, it's the complete wrong decision. It's a decision created by society for society to control situations and to make um, staying in a broken home, a broken home, a norm. It's like something normal. It's not normal. You have to leave your yeah. kids need either loving home, not a toxic uh, fake home that's pretending to be loving. Absolutely. Absolutely spot on. I totally agree with you on that. And I do think that, you know, kids learn from us. We're their, their role models, right? So if they are seeing what love is and what marriage is and it's dysfunctional, toxic, that's what they learn is, is what marriage is. And then they, they repeat the patterns. But we also repeat the patterns, don't we? I mean, a lot of us have been not just in one toxic relationship, but two. And I know you went, you got remarried again, didn't you? And went into another toxic relationship. Yeah, uh, I mar my second husband was another version of my first husband, just in a different body. My third relationship was also similar traits, just in a different body, you know? So, and that's, that's when you wake up, you go like, hey, I have friends who are married to really good men and the world has a mix of good and bad. Why am I always ending up with men with the exact same traits? And that's self-awareness. And then you self-reflect. And that's when I realized that was my issue, my problem. The only way to, to get out of the pattern or the, your cycle, um, and that doesn't mean you're, you're a bad person, you're a good person, you're stuck in a toxic cycle, your own toxic cycle. The only way to break free is to heal. Because knowing you have a cycle doesn't solve the problem. You cannot teach yourself something you never knew or learned. You need external help. So for me, I've done therapy. I've done hypnotherapy. I've done spiritual healing, which really, really changed my life. And um, spiritual healing and hypnotherapy, they take you back to the incident when you were a child where that switch flipped, you know, and you started thinking in that certain way. When you go back there and you understand that, you know, that's not how life is, this is not what you're supposed to do. And of course, there's a couple of techniques you have to practice and do with healing. That's the only way to break the pattern because knowing is not doing. Just because I know I have a pattern, it doesn't mean I'm doing anything about it. It's just awareness. But awareness is not yeah. complete. Change takes place. Yeah, I love that. And, and that going and finding the help, asking experts for help to recover, I think is, is spot on. Hypnotherapy, I love too. I trained in it. I think it's really powerful. When you talk about spiritual healing, what are you referring to with that specific therapy? How does that work? Okay. I don't know if the world is ready to hear things like that, but spiritual healing is basically um, connecting with your higher self, your spirit, because that's where all your memories are stored. It's not your brain. It's not, it's, it's, you know, like through a lot of research, scientists had uh, made it clear that um, memories are stored 
in, in, in a person, even when they're brain dead. So that only explains that your memories are not here. So most of the hypnotherapy we do is to heal issues. You know, why, why do I have certain illnesses in the body? Why do this? Why do that? Why? And it works hundred percent. Like I had hypothyroid and through hypnotherapy and spiritual healing, I learned that the reason, um, my stress um has manifested into a, a thyroid problem is because i was silenced for so many years i couldn't speak about my problems so it manifested into that so spiritual healing takes you away from the body and connects you to the soul and you go into a meditation uh, state where you are in um, a very high state of meditation where you access your subconscious mind your spirit and you understand um what's aching your spirit why are you repeating the cycle because in the end, we are, uh, we are spiritual beings with a human experience. This body is a vessel. So we need to, you know, speak to the higher power, your spirit within. And that, that was, I feel like out of every therapy I've done in my life, spiritual healing is what really changed my life. Hi, it's Sarah Davison here, the Divorce Coach. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. I just wanted to let you know about a free gift I've got for you, which I know will help you if you're struggling with your breakup or divorce right now. I'd like to offer you a free week's membership of my Heartbreak to Happiness online support group sessions with unlimited access to any of the groups during this time. So what are they? Well, these are friendly and confidential online support groups run by my accredited coaches. I've designed them to ensure that you know you're not alone and there is help and support out there to help you cope better. One delegate, Jane, said after her first session, I can't believe how much better I feel in just one hour. Another delegate, Wendy, said, my friends and family are so fed up of hearing me talk about this and now I finally feel like I've found my tribe. I've designed these sessions so you'll meet other people going through similar situations and you'll be able to share your story in a safe space. My specialist coaches are all trained personally by me and are there to offer support and help to enable you to dial down those negative emotions and let go of your ex. So I wanted to make a special offer to all my podcast listeners, which is a three weeks access to this unique support. It means that you will have access to as many support sessions as you would like to attend in a week. And we've got lots of days and different times to choose from. This is a great way to start to take your power back and help you feel more empowered. Remember, as I always say, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's what you do about it that makes you the person you are. So sign up now at www.saradavison.com forward slash support group. That's saradavison.com forward slash support group to claim your free gift and to move from your heartbreak to happiness. Oh, I'm really interested in that. I've not, I've not explored that. I've tried a lot of therapies. I have, um, I suffered from PTSD after my yeah. uh, relationship ended, and and I've tried everything that I can find here in the UK. Is that something you've done in Dubai? Then the spiritual healing is that where you you discovered it? Yeah. 
so uh, like it's obvious now to see like um there's a huge shift in the world where a lot of people are becoming spiritual you know like for me spiritual healing in my religion i'm muslim um it was always mentioned but indirectly and people never focused on it they just took it and created metaphors out of it now with the new shift that's happening in the world spiritual healing is packaged in a different way and in a more simplified way and more forward so my healers live in bali but they just moved to dubai to spread that awareness in dubai you know um so it's it's something you can find online but i really really um how do i say it in a way without i without sounding sketchy okay you might find a lot of um spiritual healers online but not all of them are 100% legit healers just like not every business person you meet is a legit business person in the spiritual world there is like a lot of people who are like you know thieves or they will try to rob you because you're in a vulnerable point where you need help yeah so uh, what i advise is um find a spiritual healer based on word of mouth never search yeah, for them online because there's a lot of scammers out there I always I I think every 2 3 days I post on my social media about my spiritual healers because I know a lot of my friends went online got scammed and then they're like I don't believe in spiritual healing but that's not what happened to you was a scammer it's a person it's people it's not spiritual healing they yeah. just make you look bad so my advice yeah. is just look for word of mouth uh, talk to friends that are spiritual that have been there done that because that's how I found my healers if I went online god god knows where i would have been spiritually it would it would like a bad experience would have broken me even more yeah so true and you're right there's so much out there and i i for my followers i always share the people that have helped me and i've tried lots of different things but that's why you know find some people have a, a like a natural gift don't they and then their integrity shines through and you just feel it when you're in their presence that they can make a change and that they're the people that I'm drawn to so absolutely I'm going to find out who those people are and 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 contact them so I think that would be really helpful um being a single mom I'm a single mom I love it my son's 14 I've been a single mom since he was 1 year old um oh, we're super super close and you know he's just everything in my world you know he lights me up every day even you know now we have a an arrangement where he spends a lot of time with his dad as well so that's tough being a single mom and I think a lot of people that i speak to are terrified of becoming a single mom i think it's one of the best things ever what are your opinions i know you've got an extremely close relationship with maxim i just met him before we came on he's gorgeous and so confident can you share your thoughts and obviously your parenting style is is unique as well and i i loved you to share that with with people listening um Okay so being a single mom is hard but it's not impossible and it's such a rewarding journey because like I like I love it I love it and if I had to go and do it all over again I would still do it the same way I would not change anything about my life um it is hard because you have to be a uh, good cop bad cop you have to be mom and dad you have to be the discipliner and then the friend so it's like usually there are two people doing that and playing that game with the child but then you're one person doing that so it is yeah um a learning process as well it's not something you're gifted and you know how to do i i've failed in so many things but i pick up myself and i learn he teaches me a lot it's a trial and error phase but um i love it and my parenting style is i don't go by the book 
com- at all. Like if my son fails in school, I would never do whatever my parents did to me. So I'm breaking the cycle, generational cycle. And my generation starts with me and my kid uh, to our future. We're creating the new generation. Um, for If my son doesn't do good in school, I'm like, listen, you're smart. I don't know why this happened, but you're smart. We can work on this. I don't feel like, I don't make him feel like he's let me down or let himself down. Um, I, because I do have my questions about the education system as well. So I try to mm. teach my son most of the things at home and in collaboration with school because he needs some of these knowledges for life anyways, right? But um, I'm, very honest with, I'm very honest with my kid. Um, my kid does spiritual healing with me. He meditates with me. Um, we do almost every activity together. I'm open. I take advice from him. If I am meeting a man or trying to start something, I let my son meet him so he can vet him for me. And funny enough, he was always right. He was always right. He's like, mom, he's not, he's a good person, but not good for you. You know? So it's like children are pure source of energy. They haven't been corrupted yet. So they can pick up on energy without even knowing how. Because when I ask my son, how do you know he's bad? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I just feel it. And, you know, I don't question him. So I treat my son like an old soul that he is. And I'm honest with everything. I don't hide anything. I show him how the world is. I don't um, cover cover him in like a safety bubble where the world is perfect and flowers and rainbows. No, my son knows everything that's happening in the world. I do a lot of uh, CSR work. I travel uh, with a lot of organizations. He's there. He sees it all. He sees the children. He sees everything. Because I feel like um, one of the things that my parents did that delayed my growth process was uh, keeping me safe from the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to learn that at at a late stage. And because I was not um, alert to what's happening around the world, how people are and the truth, I had to learn the hard way. So I feel like just having that transparency with your children and speaking to them about things that were never spoken to you and, you know, like taking them with you through life, it it just made my kid just more wiser. If you sit and talk to him, like he is so deep, he's so alert, he's so awakened, gives the best advice at the age of seven. And um, that's all due to how I raised him. Now, the crazy part is my son was, I did not mix him with children until my son was four. Four or five, no, I don't I know. Four. Yeah. Um, he was always mixed with adults because I wanted him to learn what's right and wrong, how life is, um, and then introduce him to kids. But I'm not saying this is the right way of doing it. This is my way of doing it. And then I introduced him to children. So when he met children at the age of four, um, when kids would tell him, hey, let's throw sand at each other. He's like, nope, this can go in your eyes. This can cause an infection. Like he had a way more mature mind than a child would. And therefore he was um, teaching kids what's right and wrong. He was stopping them when they were doing something childish. He lives his life as a kid. He does the most craziest things. But at the same time, there's a level of maturity where he would never copy another child because he knows he has a personality of his own. And when something is wrong, he wouldn't do it. So peer pressure doesn't easily work with Mackie. So I feel like um, this method of raising him up prepped him for being um, a wise child and yet enjoying life as a kid. Yeah, I I love that. I really do. And I think 
emotional intelligence is something they yeah. don't teach at school. We don't give kids those those skills. And you 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 know some some of us learn it and some of us don't as we grow up. But if you could have that as a child, and I think kids that grow up with parents that are toxic as well become hyper vigilant because they're always yeah. watching and trying to figure out the next step. You've got to walk on eggshells. So I think you know they they naturally all have that tendency and awareness. But I, yeah, to have that emotional intelligence at a young age, you touched on there about introducing men to your to your son to to vet. And I, uh, my son is great; he's got a great people radar as well. He just gets the energy, not even really knowing why he gets it. He's just like, no, mom, or oh, I really like that person. Um, how is dating for you now? Are you still open to finding love? Are you still you know excited about that? One million percent. Uh, it will take more than three men to kill my my image of love in the world and to to kill the idea that there are good people in the world. Like, no, not at all. No one can ruin that experience for me because the only basic instinct that uh, a person is born with is love. If a child is not touched by his mom or or hugged and love is not given to a newborn, they die. So love is is the base of everything. It's the necessity for everything. So of course I'm open, but I took the decision that before I start a new relationship or, or a journey into that, that I go do the healing first, because if you really love somebody and if you really, um, let's say if I'm open to finding the love of my life and I wanna love him with every ounce of me, the most beautiful gift you can give them is to show up as the best version of you not just for that man in your life, but for your child as well. So I decided to do like um, full on healing before starting that journey, because I want to show up for that man in the best version I am. And healing would help me break from the cycle and then choose a man away from that toxic cycle that I created for myself. So I, I was like, uh, -uh I'm not um, entertaining anything until my healing is done. So, so right that. now, like, to answer your question right now, I'm almost done with my healing. I've got like a couple of sessions left, but I feel like I am ready. So I'm just like out there and exploring and trying to see if anything is around or possible. Yeah, absolutely. And also you're filming. I know you're you're dashing off in a moment to go and do some more filming for Real Housewives of Dubai. How have you enjoyed that experience? Was it a big decision to go into that? Because it's it's been amazing to watch. Um. So... You know, TV and reality TV is not my thing. So when I first was approached, um, I, I love freedom. I love traveling. I feel like that's the reason I do business. It's just like the freedom to just uh, to just own your own time. So I love traveling. I love focusing on my businesses. I have nine companies. Um, so that, but I'm not. Thank God, I'm not CEO in every single one. I'm CEO in only two of them. So. I like to focus on my work, on my child, and then I do public speaking full-time. And then I love to enjoy life because I do. I cannot pour from an empty cup. If I'm not enjoying life, I cannot give back to my business in a good way or be a good entrepreneur. When they came up, I was like, uh-uh, no way. You know, it's not my thing. Um, I'm an Arab. This has never been done in my country. And uh, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, but then I was sitting down with myself and I remember praying to God for an opportunity to expand my business outside of the Middle East. And God was like, here you are, you know? So God has a sense of humor and how he gives you things, you know? So I was sitting in bed and I was like, oh my God, I did ask for this. I prayed for this. 
But I was like, God, why are you giving it to me in a reality TV show? You know, but God was like, hey, you asked, you know, ask and I shall, and you shall receive. So then I told myself, you cannot uh, reject an opportunity. They came to you in this way because I was just selected out of everyone who's local in the country. So I was like, this has been chosen. This has been given. I cannot reject it. I need to explore. And then it's the journey started. It was hard at the beginning to be, to live your life with like 30 cameras around you and like 40 crew members around you. But then after like three, four times of filming, you get really used to it and it becomes normal. Um, We are filming, um, like when I was filming, I was, thank God I was not worried about um, how will people perceive me because one thing about me is what you see on camera, off camera, at home, outside, I'm consistently the same person. I, I never change. I don't care about what people will think of me. I don't care about how people perceive me, uh, judge me. Um, like how you see me is your issue, not mine, because I'm I'm a spirit with a body. And if you don't like anything about me, that's, that's or let's put it in this way. If you don't like the way I look, act, that's your problem, not mine, you know? Because I am enjoying my 3D life. I'm experiencing life and I will ascend one day. So let me enjoy it the way I want. I'm allowed to do mistakes. I'm allowed to be myself. I'm allowed to 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 make choices. This is all my basic, um, let's say the basic things I was given as a human being. And I want to practice them without any distraction. And your comment or your judgment is a distraction. Therefore, it's not welcome. So thank God I had that authenticity where I was me all the time. And I didn't have to put on a show to impress anybody or mm. to be accepted in a certain way. And I knew for sure I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I don't intend to be, you know? So who loves me, loves me, who doesn't, doesn't, it's okay. That's how life is. Um, it started hard, but then it became easier and easier and easier. And um, it's actually, now I reached the point where it's really fun because oh, I, I get a platform where I can share my story, share my voice, inspire women, represent uh, women, and just show the Western world that every stereotype they have of the Middle East is just not true. And what a blessing. Yeah, yeah, and and that is incredible. And your boundaries are so strong. I love that. I think a lot of people listening will be inspired just by that because you know, it is hard to 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 be comfortable in your own skin to yeah. be able to get yeah. to the stage where you don't mind if people love you or hate you. That's part of you know part of coming through and doing the healing work I think which obviously you've done yeah. um you're you're amazing I mean you do inspire so many women and I've been watching real housewives of Dubai and, and your strength and also your spirituality comes through and your ability to sort of stay grounded when all that's going on around you has, has been quite quite something my final question sorry um my podcast is called heartbreak to happiness and I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you as you go through life's ups and downs. So what is happiness for you, Sarah? I feel, uh, I'm going to say something that might sound easy. It's easier said than done, but I've lived it, I've experienced it, and it's true. Happiness is a state of mind. It's a choice. I am a happy person. I have a good life. I have a family. I have people that love me. I woke up today alive that's that's on its own is a huge reason to be happy because every single day is a new chance for you to start new right um if you want to be happy 
um, happiness is not what you want and not who you are. Because who you are can always change, right? Where you are in life can always change. What you want might be impossible and not achievable. Anything in between that is happiness because you're not settling for who you are and you're trying to be the best version of you, even though you can't reach where you want, but you're trying. I think happiness lies between those two. And also happiness is the now, which is something a lot of people are disconnected from. Uh, the future and the past don't exist. That's a fact. The future didn't happen and the past already happened, so they both don't exist. People forget to live the now and they keep worrying about either the past or the future. And your life is just passing by while you're just obsessing about two things that don't exist. If you want to be happy, live the now, cherish every moment. Like you should see me, I swear. Like when I eat lunch, I eat my food with so much joy because it's the now. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. When I'm outside walking on the grass, I'm enjoying the moment. When it rains, I enjoy the moment. When my son is next to me, I enjoy the moment. I don't worry about the future or the past. Yes, of course, I prep and I live for a better future, but I don't worry about it because it doesn't exist. I love that. So, Such yeah, so, so just live your life um, as long as you're not, you're not stagnant and still you're moving towards something, then you are happy. But if you are stuck and comfortable, then guess what? Comfortable is not happy. Absolutely. I love that. And, and also, I don't think we do enough of that, stopping to smell the roses and see how far we've come yeah. and just enjoy where we are. Even if we are in the middle of a healing process, we're still quite a long way to go. You can yeah. still be happy yeah. in those moments. That's amazing. Thank you, Sarah. Where can people find you? Where where can people follow you and find out more about the work you do? I'm mostly active on Instagram. So yeah, okay. that, that's Sarah underscore Almedini underscore. That's where I'm most active. That's where I dump my thoughts, my ideas, my experiences. And that's where I give back to the community by trying to educate them. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Oh, thank you so much. I know all of what you've said will have resonated strongly with my with my listeners today. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being an absolutely incredible guest. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode. So do head on over to Sarah underscore Madani underscore to find out more about Sarah and connect with all her work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.